Hi, my name is Scott Kerland, and my best friend Lils Martin hates musicals. I'm Lils Martin, and my friend and acquaintance Scott Kerland loves musicals. Wait, what? I don't like, I don't like begrudging for it or anything. Wait, I don't know. I said you were my best friend, and you just called me a friend and acquaintance? Yeah. I was working really, really hard on creating this podcast for you where I show you great movie musicals and bad movie musicals because I love you, but you want to be a dick. We were supposed to court this promo for Hell is a Musical, and what are we doing right now? Sounds like we're recording the promo right now. Hell is a Musical on the Zero Science Network. Be there. Is he saying rockadoodle or cockadoodle? Mm-hmm. We watched rockadoodle, so you know what that means. It's in the basket, the writer's bagel basket. May God have mercy on our souls. I lost the will to live. Shining brightly, cockadoo sunny day down here on the farm. Cockadoo stay away, you big old wet old rain cloud, or I'll cry loud with this voice of mine. Tear me apart, Lisa! Snap out of it! You owe me 15 grand, pal. I love you! That's all I needed to hear. Welcome to Writer's Bagel Basket. I'm Scott Kurland, and we are ending animation with not a Don Bluth classic, but a Don Bluth nightmare. That's a, that's about right. Of all the movies on the Don Bluth list that we're sl- you're slowly trying to, you know... I don't know why I'm doing the disturbing ones, but I started with Titan A.E., and then I went to All Dogs Go to Heaven, and now we're at this. When I could have started with Nim, gone to American Tale, and we could be do- talking about dinosaur orphans right now. Yeah, I mean, of all his movies, I think, yeah, it it goes... Um, I would say that the two... Nim is definitely at the top. Nim I would is say, his magnum opus. I would say it's tied with American Tale. I, I feel those two. But maybe that's because I'm a Jewish mouse. How do you feel about Anastasia? Thanks for listening to Writer's Bagel Basket. <laughs> <laughs> Cue the Alrighty, music. Alrighty, well. I don't like Anastasia. Also, I feel like... <clears throat> so when Anastasia came out, I was in fifth grade and the movie that people saw and said to Anastasia was Titanic. Mm-hmm. So at that point, I was all about boobs and boats. To be fair, though, they did make a Broadway musical from it, so it can't all be that bad. Really? Yeah. The musical lasted four months. And I know this because I do another musical podcast called Hell is a Musical on the Zero Science Network. Wow. Subtle plug there for everybody. I'm sorry. You dropped something. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I'm not supposed to name drop. Know who taught me that? Robert De Niro. 
Anyways. Oh, God, they're everywhere. <laughs> Anyways. Scott, we have to clean the house. My parents are coming tomorrow. Okay, what is what is the blockbuster rule for Rocket Drill? Well, let's see. Um, we have a delusional young man uh, named Edmund. Yes. Oh, wow. I, I got it right. First try. And he's got the weirdest speech impediment, but... Go continue, continue on, um, continue on with the blockbuster rule. Edmund is obsessed with cock, and by cock I mean Rockadoodle, and by Rockadoodle I mean Chanticleer. Chanticleer, yes, Chanticleer. Okay, that's it. You have to stop right there. You have that's the back of the box. (laughs) Edmund is obsessed with cock, and by cock I mean a rooster, and And by a rooster I mean Chanticleer. Oh no, it gets better, sir. He goes all the way to the big city to get cock. And then he comes back to the farm to get more cock. This is getting dirty. This is supposed to be a family podcast. No, that ship sailed a long time ago, Scott. (laughs) This is the dirtiest animated children's movie I've ever seen in my life know about that well if you think about it it's about the history of elvis and and we have ellen green as what's her name goldie uh, yeah goldie who Pheasants. Is, yeah who is an allegory for priscilla presley who was like mm. yeah who was 15 years old when or 16 years old when she met the king here yeah, we're not ready to unpack that that suitcase is further down the further yeah. back in the back of the closet well not well, not just that uh Pinky, who is supposed to be Colonel Tom Parker, is played by Boss Hogg from The Dukes of Hazard. Who is Pinky? His manager. Oh, the fat fox. Oh, okay. Who? Uh, so, as we were watching this movie, this movie was the last film of Phil Harris, mm-hmm. who was the voice of Baloo and O'Malley. That's the- so sad. So he was Baloo. O'Malley the Alley Cat and Little John in Robin Hood. Yep. And I totally... He was like the, their good luck charm before Alan Tudyk came on the scene. He's like vintage Alan Tudyk. Yeah. he's been in other stuff too because for Disney. Because di- at this point, Disney tried to recreate having a go-to voice actor with David Ogden stairs who was Cogsworth. And then they brought him back for Pocahontas and they're like, oh, this Did, isn't going to work. Didn't he also do Baloo for Tailspin? No, they got a guy who sounded an awful lot. Oh, okay. All right. But maybe he did the first season of Tailspin and then died. But, mm. I mean, he was old. Yeah. Um, You can even hear it in his voice as Patu because he, he doesn't. But as we know in Hollywood, celebrities live forever. <laughs> yes. But I thought that the voice of Pinky was Pat Bertram, who was the voice of the Sheriff of Nottingham from Robin Hood. Oh yeah, that and, that makes sense. And yeah. I thought they were doing they do like sound a, very similar. Yeah, but no, we get Boss Hog, mm. and so yeah. Before we get into all the characters, so I think it's important. Edmund, this movie, unlike Don Blue's other movies, it starts out in live, live action. action. Edmund is living on the farm. There's a well, horrible storm <laughs> about to wash away. Okay, so I have a theory about this. Yeah. I have a feeling that this entire movie is a fever dream because it starts in animation. I have a better theory, sir. Why do you keep calling me sir? I'm not like, you're acting like I'm a senator and this is a hearing. Sir, sir, I have a question. Mr. Congressman, Mr. (laughs) Congressman, Mr. Senator, may I speak? 
No, but it's kind of adjacent to your theory, though. Because this movie starts in animation mm-hmm. and then for like five minutes and then it becomes like Walton style. The, 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 the live action, the way they filmed it, they made it look like a like Hallmark TV movie. Yeah, the they really kind of did. The lighting is terrible. It is. It's very bad. And also... There's the, so much like wrong with the animation in this movie. I mean, I kept pointing it out to you. There's a serious spatial problem. Not just the spatial problem, but the dubbing and the live action is off because, shocker, Don Bluth had never made a live action movie before because he's an animator. So he clearly didn't know how to sync up audio. Mm. But so your theory is that this is a fever dream experienced by a child. Mm. Similar to in the line of like Dorothy waking up after the twister. Yeah. Yeah. So here's my theory. And I think it holds water. It's a coping mechanism. Too much water, in fact. So, do you know the theory of the Salem witch trials being the result of bad wheat? No. Where are you going with this? Okay. So, there is an actual theory because in studying the weather patterns of old school Salem, (laughs) preceding... (laughs) Preceding... Welcome to Haley's History Corner. If you turn to page 25. But so preceding the Salem Witch Trials, uh, there there was a lot of rain. And there's a theory out there that it caused a mold bloom in the in the wheat that caused people to go crazy. Hence, they were more susceptible to paranoia. Hence, the Salem Witch Trials. <laughs> I with, t- like, neighbors okay. accusing neighbors. So and I it's a legit theory. It's I a legit fucking theory. I didn't know you were theory. going there. I literally... But so, so Edmund lives on a farm where they clearly till and they have no top... Like, they have no... uh, uh What's it called? Topsoil. <laughs> that, too. But they have no um topsoil or uh, cover crop. That's the word I'm looking for. So They're all of their shit is getting farm. washed away. And... It literally starts out with a giant rainstorm that's clearly been going on for quite a while. Because Chanticleer has left the farm and there's no one to bring up the sun. Yeah. Because that's what the rooster does. Without the rooster, there is no sun. So it's been miserable and rainy for days. And let me tell you, what do farmers have? They have grits. (laughs) Strap on your tinfoil hat. It gets... Better from here. I literally thought that you were going to say your theory. And what are grits made of? I don't know, but I'm assuming wheat. Corn. Grits are made from cornmeal. Okay. Well, for the sake of this argument, let's say they're made of wheat and corn. So, because of all the rain, there's a toxic. Apparently, Mallory killed Haley and stole her skin. (laughs) There's a toxic mold bloom. That Edmund has consumed, and because of it, he has become paranoid and crazy and delusional. And he thinks that his storybook is real life. Hence him shouting out the window, Chanticleer! Chanticleer! Okay, so my other theory is Edmund... I love how you just moved on from that. Edmund is dead the entire movie, like Sunset Boulevard style. Like he he drowned in the flood and everything is a Jacob's Ladder fever dream. 
Before, I was just under the assumption that he was sick in bed and had like scarlet fever. I think you need to make a poll. Which theory holds more water? Really? You had to say water? Yes, I did. Could have gone with weight. But but so his his farm gets washed away. Like it is literally in the process of being. Work. Actually, again, if you don't have cover crop, that's exactly what can happen with with a lot of rain. But these are bad farmers because they clearly don't know how to pack sandbags because these sandbags are so easily ripped open. It literally, it looks exactly, and I'm sure this was intentional. It literally looks like, in, but instead of the twister. It's reminiscent of the farm in The Wizard of Oz, like at the beginning. Like yeah. Everything is just going wrong. The cow has sunk into the mud. They're trying to rescue her. Well, see, if they were going to be, like, smart, they should have had anyone who is voicing the characters be the people. So, like, his dad should have either been, like, Glenn Campbell or Christopher Plummer. Yeah, it literally, if you're going to start out the way The Wizard of Oz starts, you might as well uh, have it end the way it ends. And then the mom, yeah, but they didn't do that because you would be able to tell. The mom that, can be the mouse. I was thinking Ellen Green. Oh, yeah. that yeah. Edmund, what's wrong? Twice as many? Twice as many? Also, her voice doesn't sound like that in real life. No, I'd imagine not. Her voice literally sounds like almost mine she's got a very deep voice well some of the notes she hit like there's resonance to her voice like she she can go deep also speaking of deep her song when she for the longest time even as a little kid i thought she wasn't saying deep deep the trouble you're in i thought she was just going deep deep the trouble you're in the song's in We'll get to the songs. They're so bad. So bad. Yeah. Well, we don't have, you know, a pecking order of doing it. It's not like we go track by track. Like on Hell is a Musical on the Zero Science Network. No, I know. But like, there's so much I have to say about these songs. Yeah. Besides So much. But going back to the whole he wakes up and it's like Wizard of Oz and you were there. You could say it's a flood of opinions. Okay. Anyways, as I was saying, going back to him waking up and being like, you were there and you were there, I'd be like, and you were there, Archduke who lives in our house and is just Christopher Plummer, and and you were there, and it's it's a guy dressed as, as like a cheesy movie producer, director, as Pinky, and be like, oh, I was there too. It just, yeah, it just yeah. gets more and more crazy. And you were there, Eddie Deasons. I was there. <laughs> Eddie Deasons plays Snipes. Oh, Who, yeah. They clearly got him because they couldn't the get Gilbert. The misogynistic magpie. Yeah. So th- the reason why they clearly got him is because they couldn't get Gilbert Godfrey. Right? Yeah. The poor man's Gilbert Godfrey. Eddie Deasons, who the fun fact for or the trivia in this movie said, Eddie Deasons, who plays Snipe, to this day has not seen this movie. I am so distracted by the way you're holding that. It's fine. It's fine. I'm trying for to those be- of you who like aren't in the room with us. I'm holding it like a stopwatch. Yeah, literally, he's holding the recorder like like an owl holding prey in its claw. Speaking of owls, <laughs> we're on a time schedule. I'm just gonna keep looking down, looking up, <laughs> looking down, looking up. But yes, so the main villain, the main villain. But I, I was gonna say our main like lead actor, like of famous people. Yeah, is. 
Sir Christopher Plummer, Academy Award winner, Baron Von Trapp. Oh, shit. That's right. Star of Knives Out. Chris, I can't. Okay, so I really hate. This has got to be a black mark on his record. He is burying this so deep. So, so deep. He literally did a movie uh, back in the late 70s, early 80s, which was like a Star Wars ripoff. It doesn't even sound like him. He he sounds like this. (laughs) Like. Turn. What four-legged, flea-bitten louse comes sneaking through the window that has the nerve to bite me on the leg? Tattoo. Yes. Destroy the farm, destroy the cat, the dog, or do you want the chicken back? We hate the sun. He's. I mean, I assumed he's doing a voice. He's not doing. He made a choice. Yeah. But what I what I was gonna say is, I'm so glad that. Christopher Plummer's last role. A lot of actors, the last movie they made, R.I.P. Bill Paxton, is a shitty movie. Like, Bill Paxton was in the circle. Thank God Christopher Plummer's last movie was Knives Out. Like, thank God that was his last movie. Yeah. Because imagine if he died after making this. Like, no. (laughs) This was, okay, so I saw this movie as a kid, and even as a kid, I hated it. I left the theater and my dad and I were like, what the fuck was that? So this is one of the few movies I owned. I told you, for whatever reason, I got a, we got all the shitty movies. All well, of the all of the shitty off-brand, like, you know, last one on the shelf movies. Well, all I can say to that is, well, bye. <laughs> Cue the end theme. Meanwhile, Scott was, you know, watching all of the great cinema. So, as a kid, I just remember my parents one night, I think my sister was at a sleepover and I had nothing to do. And my mom's like, I rented a movie for you. I rented that one that you wanted to watch that that you saw in theaters and loved so much. And I thought it was like like three ninjas. Yeah. And she brings out Rock-A-Doodle. Oh, no. And... And I was like, Dad, we had such a miserable time. And he's like, just watch it. Your mom went through a lot of work to rent this. I'm like, no. But she said specifically the one that you loved so much. Yeah. Do you know what the movie I loved as a kid so much was? Back to the Future. Back to the Future I was hoping for. And I got this. I don't know how you mix those two up. Well, actually. Very different movies. So... The, Does Edmund try to fuck his mom later? Did I miss that? I don't like that. <laughs> Not like this. Not like this. Not like this. But but okay. So no, the movie that I saw in theaters at this point after Rockadoodle, I'm pretty sure was Three Ninjas. Okay, which which is a film that I st- still to this day still holds up. Like. Mm-hmm kids learning karate to beat the shit out of you know a bunch of bill and ted wayne's world type of guys who break into their house i'm all for that a singing rooster who sounds like elvis not so much also the amount of terms that they use for a male rooster in this is upsetting literally christopher Plummer goes chanticleer the cock a doodle do 
Uh, yeah. I, I have no more further input on that. I really don't. Yeah, this is a kid's movie for children. So we have Vincent Price the Owl who wants it to stay dark and rain. And so he creates... And you pointed like, out that owls like, don't like the rain. Well, like birds don't like rain in general, so... Yeah, but apparently... Okay, so the way that light works... Except the, ducks. I'm sure ducks love the rain. But the way light... Ducks and geese. The way light works in this movie is like it's a freaking lightsaber. Like, like they, they shine a flashlight in an owl's face like it's a shotgun well, blast. Well, I mean, in a kid's movie, that's, you know, I can understand that being... No! You know. <laughs> I say no. That's where you draw the line? Well, I I drew the line as soon as the MGM logo, a a studio that was once prestigious that brought us films like The Wizard of Oz and the James Bond series, and we then get this. By the way, if you notice slurring, slurring our words occasionally, we're just very tired. We're recording this so late. We're yeah. trying to get under the deadline. <laughs> I I literally. We're recording, and so also it's it, fucking rockadoodle. Also, it, it's my fault. I literally was like, I'm just gonna close my eyes for a second, take a little cat nap. Two hours later, I'm like, oh shit, we yeah, gotta record. Yeah, we're sleep drunk. <laughs> Although I could use a drink. <laughs> rockadoodle um, is terrible. Yeah. So uh, Vincent Price, the owl or the Duke, as he's known, unleashes his Machiavellian plan to get this fucking rooster to stop crowing and bringing up the sun, which involves hiring a hit bird? Who has a the... A hawk? Who another has, rooster? It's another rooster. because It's he a cockfight! Right, because they literally have... That's ha- right, it's a fucking cockfight. And he's got the little, the little spurs mm-hmm. on the back of his feetsies. So, so in the research... I was right. They offered this role of the Duke to Elton John. Wow. And he said, Wow. He said no with good cause. Smart. But well done, Elton John. But because he, because Don Scout badge for you. Because Don Bluth worked with, with Christopher Plummer on an American tale. He's like, okay, you owe me another favor. Bless you. Thank you. But here's what I can't figure out about the whole sun coming up. So the idea is Chanticleer, he. (laughs) Are you done? (laughs) Yes. You get three. (laughs) Um, What you don't understand. What I don't understand is, so everyone on the farm has their job. You're bracing for another sneeze, aren't you? Just let it go. Let it happen. Look at, stare into the light. No, I'm, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> These are painful sneezes. Um, Are you trying to call up the sun? Is is this your way of doing it? No, because I wouldn't be like Chanticleer. If anything, I'm Patu. Oh, God. I have so much to say about Patu. I just anyway. remember as a kid. Like, anyway. No, no, no. No, no. I don't want to get sidetracked. Before you go into it. Come on, Haley. We get what sidetracked. What I don't understand. We get sidetracked on this podcast all the, the There's time. There's a limit. I have a limit. There's only so many tracks, okay? Come on. Be Haley. Don't be my dad. 
<laughs> don't stay so hung up on the minutia that we're here for no, two this is hours. Specifically, what I don't understand is, and I was complaining about this when I was watching the fucking movie, is his job, his one job on the farm, and every like he takes pride in the fact that he brings up the sun. That's his deal. That's that's his whole spiel. I bring up the sun for you guys. Our lives are great as long as I bring up the sun. Well, he gets into the fight and the sun comes up anyway. But after that, sun disappears. Suddenly, like it's like he got one free pass. Can we talk about the sun? That two scoops of raisin sun. <laughs> yeah, the Gerber, the Gerber baby. Uh, uh, no, not Gerber. From... The the Teletubby. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was also the Gerber baby one too. No, Gerber baby. The Gerber baby was was Humphrey Bogart. Ah. Anyways. Was it really? Yes. Oh, is that the? Yes. <laughs> you just all the credits to Humphrey Bogart, and at the very top, Gerber baby. <laughs> Yes. That's the Hollywood golden ticket you all strive for. Yeah, because we all remember the Gerber baby with cigarettes in his mouth and a little fedora talking like this. Snorting little baby cocaine between takes. He didn't do that. He just drank heavily. Oh, I'm sorry. Was it just powder? Was it powdered milk? <laughs> sure. Um, But so, so that one time he doesn't crow and the sun comes up. But every other time after that, it's like, no, we need Sean to clear. We need him to come back. He's the one that brings up the sun. That makes no fucking sense. I think the thing that perplexes me the most is that that the Duke orchestrated this to the point where he got a big time Hollywood manager, Colonel Tom Parker, producer, director, show agent to basically take Sean to clear and make him a star. Well, you know, it's important to know where your enemies are. Well, that and... just makes me realize that the Duke believed in him as a singer, but not him as a farmhand. <laughs> I really want him to be big. Gabby Hayes big. <laughs> He's ruining my life, but he has talent, that rooster. That talent that... cannot be wasted. Also, the the fact that, like, the women who are in love with the, with with Chanticleer, not just as Chanticleer, but also as the king, are like the most Annie Wilkes misery type of women. Yeah. Oh, he's so handsome. No, no. Look at him ruffle his feathers. I'm talking about the woman you thought was gonna like murder him. Oh yeah, like, yeah. When he becomes famous, and they just show that like one sad chicken in the front, and she's like literally tearing, like the like like a girl as, waiting for the Beatles to get on stage. As I was saying, Annie Wilkes. Like I'm yeah. waiting. I'm waiting for for him to wake up, and she's like, "I didn't like your cockadoodie song." Like she's the one that goes up on the stage after he's like you know done, and she collects the feathers that he's molted. <laughs> I I I made a And she saves them for her for her shrine. She's going to kill him. Yeah, she she will. Like this if, this is going to Oh my god, what if that's the duke's plan all along? If I don't kill him, his crazed fans will. You mean like in Nashville? <laughs> that's the premise of Nashville, a country singer who becomes so famous. Excuse me, I put my tinfoil hat over here. Hang on. Let me get it. 
Okay. There we go. Tin foil hat. Back on. But apparently there was a scene so dark that they had to cut it that the scene where he's making the pie, a lit- literally that was a live skunk. And he put it in the pie and was like murdering it and then eats it. That's a cut scene? Yeah. Oh, no. That's when we get... Oh, no. I don't know what it is with Don Bluth, but he had a habit of putting in like 1970s, 1980s, like comedian and game show contesting comedians in his movies. He did with Dom DeLuise. And he does it all the time with Charles Nelson Riley, who plays Hunch, Uncle Dookie. Uncle, yeah, yeah. He, he so he's like very famous for being like, like this Paul Lind, like very flamboyant guy, and he puts him in all of these children's movies. So, assassination, annihilation. Like, there's another Gilbert Godfrey role that didn't go to Gilbert Godfrey. Yep. There's two in this movie. Yep. So originally, the idea of a crow, not a crow, a rooster movie was supposed to happen at Disney. Uh-huh. And they were supposed to do one of the Canterbury Tales after Robin Hood came out. And Chanticleer is, yeah, I totally forgot. It's part of the Canterbury Tales. Right. So they were supposed to do Chanticleer, but they were also supposed Which, to- by the way, very sexual. Yeah. So originally, the Chanticleer one was going to be a combination of Chanticleer- Uh-huh. With roosters. Uh-huh. And- Cyrano de Bergerac. They were uh, so the two most sexual. <laughs> no, no, there's a much more sexual one in there. Caligula? No, I d- I forget. I I used we read them a long time ago in high school. I, no, I'm I saying forget. that that taking Chanticleer and combining it with Cyrano and adding in roosters who, as we said before, roosters are called something completely different. The uh, cock of the walk? Yeah, I think that's the name of... I think that's what they were going to call it. Oh. Then Walt died and had his head frozen. Um, <laughs> but, like, so the entire premise is they were going to have, like, a musical, almost folksy, like, it worked with Robin Hood, let's do it. Yeah. And then... All of a sudden, Don Bluth was no longer at Disney, and he took that idea and was like, you know what? Rock-a-doodle. By the way, I still, since we have watched this movie, I cannot get that song out of my head and that I he can't uses remember the words, to, but... I, I just... Not all of it. I just remember the... Send you shine, send you shine, send you shine. That part. It is just reverberating in my head and like I am doing everything humanly possible to get rid of it. Well, the, the part of the song that I'm remembering is when he goes, my daddy taught me how to sing. Yeah. Yeah, that's about it. It is a, it is an earworm worthy of Dune. Well, my, ew. <laughs> you mean a sandworm? Yeah. It's in your brain. Kyle McLaughlin's writing it in your brain. It's, it's burying itself deep in there. But, the thing that it, I can't wrap my head around is in this book yep. that he's reading, Yep. do they have the lyrics to the song that he sings? Like, is this like one of those children's books? I, I know, like, so I know there's like, is it a song? Well, it's a poem, right? I've never read, sh- like, Chanticleer, that part of the Canterbury Tales. Yeah. Okay. First off, 
why is why did they t- turn the Canterbury Tales Chanticle- Canterbury Tales? Why did they turn it into a children's book in this movie? Like, if you look at this, oh, there are so many. Like, I mean, the original story of Snow White, Cinder, like all of those tales, like even the Little Mermaid, they're fucking dark. No, I understand that they're dark. Yeah. I'm saying, why in this world, in this Don Bluth world, the story of Chanticleer is a rooster? Because I thought Chanticleer is a rooster in the can. It's- we need to brush up on our Canterbury Tales. That's that's what we've I'm gleaned. So- all, that's all what I we've know- gleaned from this. All- Give us five minutes. All I know is that Jeffrey Chaucer used to walk around with Oric von Lichtenstein Gilder. <laughs> That's a deep cut to A Knight's Tale, which is a great movie. Yeah. But in this, okay, so if we're going through the barnyard animals, the field mouse played by Sandy Duncan is named Peepers. Oh, and, yeah. And when you told me the backstory behind her and name. I thought that that was the meanest fucking shit because and poor I was like, Sandy. Yeah, you said that's the meanest fucking shit. I'm like, why? It's a peepers. That seems like a cute name for a mouse. Sandy Duncan has one eye. She's got a glass eye. That's so fucking mean. <laughs> and <laughs> that's so fucking mean. And I, I know that Sandy Duncan is like one of the most loveliest women and she's so nice. They're like, oh, her name's Peepers. You know that. Wink, were- wink, nudge, and, nudge. And she's like, oh, that's nice. Like, yeah. Sandy Duncan is most famous for, um, she was on this TV show called The Hogan Family, which was originally. I hope we're not going to get backstories to all of these characters. No, no. we're going to be here forever. No, the, the reason why she's in this is because at this time she was on the sitcom. Okay. Like that's why most of the people with the exception of of Glenn Campbell, that's why the guy who plays Boss Hog in the Dukes of Hazard is in it. That's why Eddie Deason I'm sorry, what? Uh-huh. I love you. <laughs> I just I can't. I can't. <laughs> I just uh... Yeah, yeah. I I have a limited attention span when it comes to, like, celebrities. You know this. So calling her Peepers is so mean. I will say, though, with regard to Peepers, the character, she does have this one amazing line that I really like. Get me off this movie. Besides that. um, No, she says, like, they comment on, like, her character having a lisp, and she says, my lisp isolates and elevates me and makes me a rare specimen. And where was that in middle school when I was dealing with all of the bullies? <laughs> it's actually like, it's a real, if you think about it, it's a really nice line. What, what, you know, it isolates, but it elevates me. Yeah, that's great for her. But can we figure out what Edmund's speech impediment was? Because it wasn't a lisp and it wasn't like, he had this weird gated moderato. Well, you like, see, Scott, the, the one of the major side effects of mold is <laughs> making its way to your brain. Also, for for is uh, an indistinguishable accent. <laughs> so the kid who plays Edmund, when they first showed him, I thought that he was wearing like a Davy Crockett hat on his head. Isn't he? That's his hair. Well, he wears the Davy Crockett hat later. When he's a cat, when he's an animated yeah. cat. I'm talking about 
live action. I pity anyone who... That hair was so thick. I pity anyone who is listening to this and uh, smoking weed. Like, I feel so bad for you. (laughs) Take a minute. Drink some water. Breathe. Come back. (laughs) This is too intense for you. (laughs) Wait, what, man? What? The the hat is his hair? (laughs) I don't know why Jeff Bridges... There's a mouse named Heber's? That's just like your podcast, man. Man. (laughs) But the the kid who plays Edmund, thank God he never acted again because he is not a very good actor. You know who he reminds me of? The kid from The Littlest Vampire? Jonathan Lipnicki? Yeah. You take that back. A little bit. The human head weighs 10 pounds. We have the poor man's Gilbert Godfrey. We have the poor man's Vincent Price. Well, no, that's not true. Uh, what's his name is a very talented Did actor. Did you just say Christopher Plummer is the poor I man? I just mean oh. the character. The character. He's doing oh an imitation of Vincent Price. God. He's got a fucking organ, okay, and a cape. He is. This is like the Vincent. The, he has the, a bleh, fucking organ. Bleh. Haley, this is a family podcast. Not really. <laughs> Stop saying that. <laughs> Stop telling lies. <laughs> we just said fucking like yeah. six times. But yeah, we also have the. We poor need a cock counter because <laughs> we're gonna say the word cock a lot. No. I've already said it like six times. Whoever thought of that for the, the term for a rooster is just the dirtiest bird. Pecker. That's a woodpecker. <laughs> oh, okay. So I want to talk about how Snipes looks like the the awful love child of Daffy Duck and Woody Woodpecker. And he acts like Woody Woodpecker occasionally, but he's a magpie. That's like not what ha- magpies look like. It is. It's not a very Yeah, good- they're black and they have like the white wings. Yeah, but they don't have bug eyes. Well, no, but dogs don't have shoes that they tie because they have bunions, but here we I'm, are. Imagine putting little shoes on McCoy. They'd hate it. <laughs> but little. We already tried doing that for Stella once in the winter. She hated it. But um, I, I don't know of all of the types <laughs> of shoe wear for Patu to wear. He's wearing like, like Doc st- Martens. He's wearing like steel toe Doc Martens. Yeah. I just what a weird cluster of characters we have. We have the dog who wears shoes. We have the misogynistic magpie. We have. The mouse who, she's fine, I guess. Peepers is, like, honestly the best character in this movie. I tolerate it, her the it, most. Right. That, yeah. That's my point. Everyone, honestly. By best, I, you mean tolerated. It's sad when I'm rooting for the villain because the Duke is, in my opinion, the best character. He just wants to play his organ and have a nice, quiet life. Haley said while we were watching this, I just want to watch a movie of the Duke at home playing his organ, baking his pies. He sits down, he like has a glass of, you know, mouse blood, and he watches Great British Bake Off. He's like the most delicious fop. And the Queen's Gambit. Like, it sounds like he's got a nice life going for him. (laughs) Him watching the Queen's Gambit, I just picture him being like, Anya Taylor Joy, you're a delight. I love how you slightly slipped into an Irish accent there. You're a delight. I was trying to do his voice. And somehow you're still sounding slightly Irish. Well, his voice, he sounds like he's doing Michael Caine. 
A little bit. We remember this movie very differently. Yeah, I don't care. This movie's terrible. <laughs> we might be going negative bagels here. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we're 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 going into negative bagel territory. But okay, so Edmund as a character, he is the dumbest kid because he believes that by a touching a picture book and calling out the main character's name is how you make everything happen. Well, he does. And he then summons, that happens. He summons the Duke who comes in through the window like he's the fucking poltergeist tree. And he unleashes his like lucky charms magic on him. Yeah, all I could think of was in... Uh, Which, what the fuck is that? All I could think of was in Hocus Pocus when they do bend the bones like they and the back. Yeah, they could have made it so metal where he, like, flaps his wings and feathers are going everywhere and he gets, like, like swept up in this tornado of feathers and boom, he becomes a cat. But no, So we- metal? <laughs> Thank you, Henry Zabrowski. <laughs> that's for all you last podcasts on the left fans out there okay i um i would have loved but for them there's another podcast (laughs) kyle Ayers does uh uh i have not seen this movie and henry zabrowski is always on i would love to hear henry zabrowski's script for rockadoodle oh my god so amazing (laughs) then there's a singing fucking owl (laughs) kind of but seriously, like he unleashes what I can only describe as Clover Stars and Rainbows and the Red Balloons. I didn't get it right. I'm aware that I didn't get it right. You can comment down below, whatever. But it's Lucky Charms this is magic. This not YouTube. He, They're he, not going to smash that like button. I'm so tired. <laughs> I just want to go to sleep. <laughs> but okay, so... Getting into Chanticleer as the king. So apparently Glenn Campbell, who plays Chanticleer, was good friends with Elvis and and used to do Elvis impressions. That's why they picked him. And, and he, he does a good job, to his credit. He then, does really sound like then Elvis. Then he stopped doing it when Elvis died. <laughs> and they had to like pay him a ton of money to do it in this movie. I mean, if you had that kind of talent... You're you're not gonna come cheap. I just think it's weird that they picked Glenn Campbell. I I think it's weird that they this is 1990 or 1991, and they're they're going with Elvis. Like, wasn't there a different genre? Where where where's you know like Rockadoodle and he's like Kurt Cobain. Well, <laughs> Elvis Pearl is Jim. such that like this larger than life character, and like so. I can, like, I understand why they're sourcing, like, his life for an animated movie. Or they could have had Little Richard as Chanticleer. Wop, bop, loo, bop, here comes the sun. Come on. Get out. (laughs) Get out. You don't want to see, like, Eddie Vedder Pearl Jam style, like, Chanticleer, (laughs) like, here comes the sun. And then, like, or if they do the Kurt Cobain, and then you have like Courtney Love as no, Goldie. No, <laughs> they moved to Seattle. No, <laughs> he was wearing Converse. There's no way. 
There's no way he could have blown his brains out. Feathers everywhere. <laughs> that barnyard was never the same. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why do we do this so late? Don't worry. Why I'll... is it always so late? I'll make it flow. I'll let it so it doesn't seem weird. No, I want you to make this weird. I want you. This has got to be just as weird as the movie itself. It's the only way we're going to get through this. No, I want people to keep listening. <laughs> Are you saying this is terrible? No, I'm saying this movie's terrible. Exactly. My point is made. <laughs> anyway, so the, okay. Sean DeClaire, we, we totally forgot. He left the farm. Yeah, like the and asshole the barnyard is. animals realize, oh shit, we're all gonna be like ten feet underwater if we don't get this guy back. No, they realize, so they, hey, bullying is wrong. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they kind of mesh together. Yeah. But so yeah, so they go out, led by a ten-year-old boy. Okay. Who's a cat. I need to talk about this. Who this... has major self-esteem issues, which you would if you were turned into a fucking cat. Okay. I need to talk about this because I hate this in movies when they're like, hey, this stranger we just met and have never talked to before, they're going to become our best friend and they're part of the gang and they're the one who leads us now. Like, how low is your self-esteem? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we've been, he, you know, we, we know what, what you know, we should be doing. But, hey, let's have this total stranger come in and tell well, us what okay. to do. So in the note that they write to him, when he's writing it, he's like, and your friends, and they all sign their names. And then he signs it, too. Chanticleer doesn't know who the fuck you are, yeah, Edmund. Yeah, who the fuck is this Edmund guy? Like, like he even says that. Chanticleer is like, who's he? Yeah. But that, yeah, so that's the note that okay. they write to get him back because, like, they go to the city. And I just wanted that scene to turn so dark. I, like, they're, you know, they show them, like, kind of, like, roaming the streets of the city. And I just wanted, like, I wanted Patu to develop, like, a gambling problem. I wanted, <laughs> well, I wanted Peepers to, like, count cards and, like, get in trouble. Snipe, Snipes does get an addiction. He gets addicted to food yeah that but, is true but like it's so ugh, it's cringy i will never ever eat lasagna again i don't think because that scene with him eating the lasagna is just as gross as in a goofy movie when they're eating the pizza what's like the, what, what's the most deliciously animated food do you think I honestly think i mean there's so many out there but what immediately springs to mind the two things that spring to mind are in Beauty and the Beast, mm-hmm. the Try the Gray stuff. Uh, well, okay. all the food on that plate. Yeah, all, yeah, the whole buffet. And this is going to be crazy. Mm-hmm. But the bread in Aladdin. No, I totally get that. The bread in Aladdin looks I so totally get that. good. For me, it was the bugs in um, Lion King. Don't ask me why. They just made them look so like, like... Like giant gummy worms that you just wanted to, to like. To be fair, yeah. The Timon and Pumbaa cereal, the bug cereal, yep, was my favorite growing up because it was basically cocoa puffs and marshmallows. Yeah. So you're not wrong. Just like the like the scene where like 
Timon is like scooping them up and they look so juicy and yummy. Yum, 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 yum. I, okay. In Disney World in the 90s, they used to do that thing where they had the bugs, but it was like a a cupcake and then like the hard shell on top looked like a bug. So you'd bite into it. It was like a hostess cupcake almost. Anyway, this has been Animated Foods with Haley and Scott. I, I'm just saying. No, like, no, I just like, I just like. Uh, why are you food shaming me? I'm not food shaming you. Um, I was just going to say that. I want to get off of that track and, and talk, talk about, about that disgusting lasagna. Well, Don Bluth, unlike those other animated movies we just talked about, he doesn't make food look very good. No, the, in any of his the movies. waffles in the Land Before Time. I think the most appetizing food he ever made is when they're eating that dinosaur in the Land Before Time. Oh my god! Too dark. Littlefoot's mom. Jesus! Oh no! Nom 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 nom. Uh, but so, yeah, and then, so, God, where the fuck are we? Um. Okay, when, when he comes out as, as the, the king, king, because that's his city persona, his, he has, he has gone, he has left his rustic roots behind in favor of the glitter and gold that is stardom. Like, the, the way he's depressed how it's animated they literally cut out him holding a bottle of booze like that's how depressed he is yeah and he's sucking his thumb at one point yeah also if he's really supposed to be the king and don bluth has a pension for animating gross food Mm -hmm. where's the fool's gold where where where's the fried pickles yeah where's where's all the food that uh where is the king where's the king doing pills and shooting out tvs because that's the chanticleer i want to see i want to see like we finally got him he's dead what happened he he died on the toilet he had a hemorrhage I mean, uh, roosters can't lay eggs, but can you imagine? He blew he's out. Just, he blew just, out his butt. He's just <laughs> when I find when I found out that's how Elvis died. He pooped himself to death. I know. Well, it was because of the drugs that you know his. I know. He burst a blood vessel, but, but still. But but the the fact that Elvis is the main like inspiration for this film and he's supposed to be young elvis but they dress him like old elvis for most of the movie they do but those were that that was just because those are elvis's like iconic looks like we all remember the white glittery jumpsuit yeah but yeah like going back to what you were saying like he gets so like drunk one night he thinks he can lay an egg and he just squeezes (laughs) that's how he dies (laughs) Hey, Goldie, look at this. <laughs> oh, God! King, no! <laughs> How many eggs are you going to lay? Twice as many? Twice as many? We got to talk about Ellen Green. We're about 50 oh. minutes into this. Oh, Ellen, my God. Ellen Green, first off, she's clearly in this because she couldn't get a Disney princess role. Yeah, she plays literally... I will die on this hill. She couldn't get a Disney princess role, so they... Got her in this, and she is... She's a piece of tail. Yeah, she's a... Not even a piece of tail. She's a piece of feathers, like... Tail feathers. But in this movie, like, she's doing... She's doing Audrey. Which is why we keep saying twice as many. Yeah, she's doing Audrey from Little Shop. And then, like, 
she sings one song. Two. Oh, yeah, that weird sex song in the swing. I think we've lost them. Yeah, she's like this like angsty showgirl who's pissed that the king is taking away her spotlight. And so Pinky hires her to keep him, quote unquote, happy. Wait, she's a showgirl, you say? Yeah, so, so she's maybe in the chorus. So maybe they should have casted Elizabeth Berkeley from Showgirls. Another MGM movie. So dark. This is that okay, so 90s MGM is when, like, the studios started hemorrhaging money because mm-hmm. they made movies like this, they made Showgirls, and they made, like, six Polly Shore movies. Yeah, it's that whole we're going to just throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. Yeah, but I just still don't understand how they went from making, like, The Wizard of Oz, mm-hmm. all the James Bond movies, Rocky, and then this. Well... You know, I mean, they they saved themselves for for a little while by making Legally Blonde, which we'll be talking about later in July. Yay! But this movie, every rose has its thorn, Scott. <laughs> th- this movie nearly like I did. I don't think they MGM made many other movies with Don Bluth after this. I th- yeah, I th- uh, Anastasia was like his. That's Fox. Oh, okay. Never mind. Yeah. I don't know these things. No, no. I don't. He, so for the longest time, good Don Bluth yeah. was through Universal and Amblin. Okay. Yeah, that's this right. Amblin. was MGM. Okay. Then he went to Fox. I literally just pictured like the... And they clearly gave him like the most shoestring budget because I it, it puts I a question in your did. mind. It puts a question in your mind. No, they did. The animation on this is terrible. There are scenes where like just characters start out like way smaller in comparison to like other characters. And then in other like it's not even a matter of like perspective. I th- it's just <laughs> I, th- so, I think that just it makes me so mad. I I think it's because half of it was animated in America and then I think they shipped the other half overseas. Is that what they do? Sometimes. Oh. Yeah, because like, it's not even like uh, the question of the one character being in the foreground. There are scenes that just don't make sense. That, like, I told you, like, the... The, the in, pipe scene. Yeah, the pipe scene. Um, the adequate pipe. The adequate pipe. The, the scene where he's interacting with Pinky and he's sad and, like, like Pinky is this huge fat fox and, like, in some parts he looks, like, super tiny when compared to his manager and then in other parts he's like half his size it just doesn't it doesn't work and that's like continues throughout the whole I film i think not working is what this movie is <laughs> not working the movie okay we got to talk about phil harris we got to talk about patu because oh no you can hear that his heartbreaking? Yeah, you can hear Phil Harris losing the will to live as he is as he is like saying his lines. You can tell that they they recorded out of order cuz at at the 
end of the movie, he's the most animated. At at the beginning of the movie, (laughs) like at the end of the movie where he's like, you got a crow and you got a crow now. And the whole shunt clear. Shunt. It's like, yeah, you're giving like 110% Phil Harris. And at the beginning, he's like, I'm a two. I can't tie my shoes. It's like, yeah, oh. at the end, it becomes like a very serious Western, like, I'm your Huckleberry. <laughs> but you'll be marked a coward. Yeah. The, like, the name Patu alone is just so stupid. Um, yeah, and I told you why they called him Patu. Yeah, I don't. Do we have, you just, fine, say it. Say it one more time. His name is Patu because he played Baloo. It's dumb. It's stupid. And Phil, that's where you get the P and you mash those together and it's stupid. It's just stupid. It's a stupid sandwich. You know what I just realized? Yeah. The Duke did the king a favor, not just because of like, you know. That's what I've been saying. No, 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 no. Let me finish. Not just in turning him into a huge star. In the city, but also because if I was a fucking farmer and this rooster was walking around all cocky, you know, pardon the pun, usually You're roosters... You're not pardoning the pun. You're saying that, but you don't mean that. That's another one for the cock count. Um, <laughs> but usually farmers, after a while, if a rooster gets particularly aggressive... They turn them into nuggets. And I'm not going to lie to you. Chanticleer was probably heading down that road. I'm loving it. I still, okay. I still can't believe that watching this entire movie, I was rooting for the villain. I'm still, yeah, I'm, like, I was rooting for the villain the whole way. There, there's only a few animated movies. He where- didn't try to kill him. He's just like, I'm just going to put you over here. There's a few animated movies where I'm literally rooting for the villain. This is one of them. I'm sorry to say it, but The Little Mermaid. What? Just kidding. I was like, what? No. I mean, Ursula's fabulous. Don't get me wrong, but what? No, I'm rooting for the villain in this. Uh, I'm tr- there's there's one, I think it's a Leica movie that I was rooting for the villain. Uh, but... On paper, I feel like if like if you knew this was an animated movie, I feel like on paper this would read very well and come across as way more impressive than it is. Well, yeah, because it's Don Bluth. Like at this point, Don Bluth has not had a flop. Well, All Dogs Go to Heaven, I feel like on paper doesn't read very well. All Dogs Go to Heaven, another MGM movie. However, it was MGM's biggest animated movie ever. That's why they allowed him to mm. make this. <laughs> okay. Um, but Dinosaur Orphans wasn't with MGM, right? No, that was Universal. Okay. <laughs> Land be- okay, we keep saying Dinosaur Orphans. Land Before Time. Yes. But Land Before- All of the Land Before Times. But All 19 of them. All of his, his Universal animated ones, the animation is gorgeous. Like, it, the hand... Yeah. Each... Each section of that movie could be a painting. This and All Dogs Go to Heaven honestly could be a children's pop-up book that I would hope would get ripped to shreds by yeah. a child. Yeah, or it gets left out in the rain. Because like, the animation is grotesque. It really is. It's not pretty to look at. 
nothing like really jumps out at you. There's scenes that just, like I said, don't make sense. But also there's like moments that don't make sense. Like you got these frog bouncers. Ha ha, clever frog bouncers. But it's just, it just comes across so stupid. Yeah. They, and they have a song about, basically it's the equivalent of the OEO from. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay, that didn't make sense. Yeah, that happened. Out of the way! Move it, move it, move it, move it! Don't touch the star! Try, you won't get very far, we'll bounce you once, bounce you twice. If you get out of line, we're not very nice. We'll bounce, bounce you all over the place. Bounce, 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 bounce if we don't like your face. And it's Don Bluth has a habit of doing that. He has a habit of, of in this error... Error? 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 I, I went full Ted last. I'm like, error? 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 He has a habit of, in the 90s, adding in characters like the alligator in, mm-hmm. or in Titan AE or Anastasia, he added Bartok. Yep. In Titan AE, he had the chef and he also had John Leguizamo as Toad. Yeah. Like, he has a habit of putting in comic relief that isn't funny yeah he he doesn't like you know in disney films you get that odd side character like the hey hey and like just like the comic relief but you use it sparingly and you use it so that they serve a purpose also hey hey was there because originally hey hey was supposed to talk yeah and then they're like this isn't working but also they like they 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 twisted it where the side character that you didn't expect went along for the journey right. and the other one was left behind. Yeah. I will say that the side characters, with the exception of the Toad Bouncers, all make sense. Do yep. they work? No. No. But they make sense. Snipe, Snipes, as weird as he is and as annoying as Eddie Deason's is, yep. works. Toad bouncers that sing a song about beating up people. Yeah. Doesn't make sense. Yeah. Also, how do we go from having Elvis music to we get these like parable songs that. Are... What would you say that um, Goldie's songs are? Like if the king is referencing, you know, the king, what is Goldie? She's supposed to be like Anne Margaret and in, in like Viva Las Vegas and Jailhouse okay. Rock. She's supposed to be like the 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 cheesecake. The songs that that Goldie and, and the King sing, they have two songs together. Yep, they are polar opposites. You have the deet deet. I thought it's like is this, is this <laughs> about is this about tick repellent? <laughs> To the sharks and you can't swim. The, the one where she first meets him. Yeah. And then the, the one where the she's... The seduction of Chanticleer. Yeah, the seduction of Chanticleer. And then you have the part two of the seduction of Chanticleer. <laughs> part two. <laughs> And and then then every other song is an Elvis song except 
then you have these hymns that 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 the the, the Duke sings. Yeah, and all that, of the songs are like kind of cut short. Like Goldie's song that she sings to Chanticleer, typically you would expect that to be like a big ballad. And it's just like it fades into the distance and like you've got the characters talking. So it's like they even knew that the songs that they were writing weren't good. They weren't going to hold up. They couldn't carry the weight of the movie. They're just bad. Well, also, I feel like the the songwriter like gave up halfway through every single time. It's like, okay, I'm going to write this. Oh, God, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> he sat down and really, really, the cold light of day hit him. And he's like, oh, fuck. This is going to be bad. I just find it weird that the three people who sing in this movie are the Duke, then you have the King, and then you have Goldie. But you don't have Patu sing a song. You don't have anyone else. Edmund doesn't sing a song. He oh, thank have- Thank <laughs> no. Christ. You know that they wanted him to, though, and like they, then they're just like, oh, no, this isn't going to work. Guys, I can sing Shanty Clear. Shanty Clear. Oh, oh God. God. Make it stop. <laughs> yeah. They're and- like, no, that'll be the nail in the coffin. Let's uh, not do that. Yeah. Also, with Snipes, I'm, I'm very shocked that they picked Eddie Deasons, of all people, because he is a diehard Beatles fan. Yep. Has said before he's not a fan of Elvis. <laughs> so, oh. so so you have someone who hates He found himself in the wrong movie. Right. And and like it's like, okay, what are you doing here then? Boy, I hope that paycheck cleared. <laughs> also, at this time he didn't need to be doing this because he was on Dexter's lab as Mandark. And he was Oh yeah, what the fuck was he doing here? He, he was slumming it. Like they all were. He's like, yeah, I got a free weekend. Why not? Oh yeah, and and besides, like, honest, honestly, in the live action scenes, they should have had Sandy Duncan as the mom, because that would have made sense. Because Peepers is kind of mother. Yeah. And then they, but then they couldn't have like, were they gonna get Christopher Plummer to be the dad? Like, like he has a bad relationship with his dad, so that's why he's the Duke. <laughs> If they were smart, that's how they would have done it. You mean like like like, like uh, Wizard of Oz? I was thinking Peter Pan. Yeah, or that too. <laughs> Where they think that the dad's the villain, so he's Captain Hook. Yep, yep. Hey, it works for those two movies. Why not just you know beat that dead horse? I I just picture like the execs from MGM being like, "Hey Don, do you have the movie ready?" And he's like, "Hold on, just a second. And you just hear snorting coming from like the edit bay. Like, were you just doing drugs? No, I'm making a movie. <laughs> this was also around the time where he was trying to get out of movies and get into video games because he, Don Bluth made Dragon's Lair. Oh, that's right. So And gave all those boys boners with Daphne the princess. Well, they literally recycled... Her da- name was Daphne, right? I don't remember, but they recycled the princess. Her uh-huh. Her design is exactly like... Goldie's. But with a beacon feathers. Yep, I see it now. They didn't even try. Mm. And I, as we as we get to the end of this, because we we can't go. I can't keep talking about this movie. On. I've lost the will to live. But but the fight scene where 
they literally are killing Chanticleer. He's drowning. It's really dark. That and, final scene. And when they have like everyone talking in his head, and it's like, you got to crow, you got to crow now. Yeah, he has that moment of like realization. Like he's still trapped in rock and in like. But the power of song, Scott. But you can't the break through. The power of song. You You're can't... on Hell is a Musical. You know about the power of music. But like. You can't break through a cinder block. <laughs> you can with some lyrical like, magic. Like, like how jazzed up, and I'm trying to be, you know, not gross when I say this, but how excited he gets to say cockadoodle as a... I mean, what, it, what is there for a rooster I just to be excited? I don't understand how... Even at the beginning of the movie and at the end, whenever he says cockadoodle, he like basically turns into a firecracker and he floats around the universe Superman style. That's not how physics works. <laughs> and then, you know, his final move has to be where he literally drives himself into the heart of the sun like Superman. Yeah. Well, that, that's how he gets reborn. Yeah. As a a dick. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes, we've come full circle. But but I, I'm sorry. Chanticleer is the most selfish and piece of shit character in this movie because he abandons everyone, and then he still abandons. Well, to, it. Like to be fair, he has a he has a uh, existential crisis where he's like, oh, I, I don't bring up the sun. I have no purpose. I'm just going to, you know, walk into the sunset. There is no sunset. <laughs> well, there is. Kind of. For Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so also as we get to the end, Edmund fucking dies. He died. Yeah, he does die. Although in like you can see him kind of like breathing a little bit. Yeah. In the animation. Again, why the animation is bad. But the blending of the animation to... Yeah, he to... gets strangled by the Duke's leprechaun magic. Yeah. And then he but gets tossed aside like a rag doll. Conveniently on a podium. Well, that's... Yeah. Yeah, it's a stage. But... Yeah. But you I... have to have that moment where the clouds break and the, the, the beam of light comes down. And, and he turns into a... a he's little... a bow! again but i i just love eddie jesus goes he really was a little boy yeah it's like yeah of course a handsome little boy stop saying that peepers that's weird but <laughs> <laughs> I, I i just wanted patu to be like why do you have to make a weird yeah. <laughs> he was the cock of the walk all along i guess the real edmund was the friends we made along the way yeah um, also, so at the end, I love how his parents are like, "You're you're crazy!" Like yeah. it's just a book. And then then Chanticleer, who had hadn't talked to Edmund the entire movie, goes, "Hey, Edmund, how you doing?" <laughs> and you're here too. But see, he wakes up from an illness. His mother is literally there, putting cold compresses on. Uh, his head, which further supports my idea of the the wheat mold 
No. Which has a technical I, name that I cannot recall. Do you see how I'm talking fast? Like, I'm trying to pull you closer to them to me. <laughs> I'm still convinced he's still dying. And then when when Chanticleer comes out of the book and it becomes animated, he's dead. Like, he's left this mortal coil. And, and he thinks this is his heaven, but he's really in hell. Because <laughs> after five minutes of them singing the sun, sunshine shine song, he's going to be like, Oh, what do we do now? We sing it again. What? No. no. We sing it again. Sing it again. I I truly, the way I wanted this movie to end was because throughout the whole movie, Edmund is like, where am I? Where's my family? Where's my family? Where's my mom and dad? I want my mom and dad. And at the very end, I just wanted them to turn to him and be like, where are your family now? Honestly, so how I, about them bagels? <laughs> hey, don't steal my thing. No, I know. Just <laughs> I, th- honestly, I'm eager to wrap this up. I know. I'm. I'm just gonna say this. Spirited Away did it better. That, that they did. <laughs> Where's my family? They got turned into pigs. <laughs> well, you know they're and they stayed pigs. <laughs> How many bagels? Anything oh, over God. negative six no, is too many. I mean, the animation is bad. The songs are bad. The characters aren't interesting. I mean, the the villain is okay, but he's just... The villain's the best part of the movie. But he's too fucking weird. He's got leprechaun magic. He, like, he's got a weird nephew who he hires out to do his dirty work. Okay, he doesn't have leprechaun magic. He has Lucky Charms leprechaun magic. Can we please... Yeah. <laughs> Which he blows on people's faces. Yeah. Uncle Dookie. <laughs> that, that, we're, yeah, we're in negative territory. I think this is the first ever. No, it's not. We've done negative before. Have we done negative? We did it for fairytale theater, I believe. I did. I didn't do negative for fairytale theater. I did. Uh, okay, you did, but yeah, I didn't. But. This is the first time I am crushing. Cru- the- yeah. Crushing. This, is- this is the first time I'm crushing the negative like button. <laughs> yeah. But no, this is the first time I'm crossing that threshold into negative territory. So yeah, I think honestly, negative two. You're too kind. I'm going negative six. Okay. Fair this, enough. I, this is the most hated movie that I've ever done on yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Neg- I think negative six is fair, honestly. It's just not enjoyable to watch. Also, I for think a kid's it, movie... This is a movie that I don't think kids could really... Like, they, they might find it fun for, like, the first five minutes, and then once you get to the darker Hollywood stuff, they just walk out and be the, like... It's the, the, the dirtiest movie that I've ever seen as a kid's movie. It's so... Oh, oh Scott. Uh, you're misremembering. You've seen way dirtier. Probably, but th- those were probably good, and I didn't care. <laughs> this, this they had some redeeming qualities yeah, to them. Th- this is if we got the entire Duke watching Great British Bake Off and like being a homebody. Yeah, that's the movie I want to see. Like his, I char- want to see the Duke in quarantine. That's his what I his want. character should have been in the Secret of Nim. Like, yeah, he what? There wasn't. There was an owl. No, I mean this character. Ah, okay. He would have been a good guy in The Secret of Nim. But but everything is bad about this movie. Yep. And that kid, if you're going to do a uh, kid's movie with a kid lead, they have to be likable. We talked about it in A Little Princess. 
This yep. kid is so annoying. Yeah, he really is. I'm t- he's at least negative three bagels. Mm, yeah. So, yeah. This was the end of animation. Yep. Thanks for doing it. You'll Thank be you. back next week to do Mystery Men for my birthday month. Yep. Um. By the way, everyone out there, look up the whole Salem Witch Trials. Moment. No. It's a good. It's a good read. No. Thank you for doing this. Until next time, I'm Scott Carlin. You're welcome. This has been Haley's History Corner. Bye. Bye.